Hey Bears fans, welcome to a new episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two jamokes who propose trades that would never happen, so you don't have to. Uh, give them the stuff, Jim. Yeah, uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore Scat. Love getting listener interactions on our Twitter feed. And first and foremost, I want to shout out Michael Zorno and his company Lakeside Laser Engraving. Woohoo! Uh, they provided Tom and me with some just badass laser engraved Chicago Bears coasters. We got them! Yeah, and we're going to tweet these out. They're They're pretty great, and... If you go on their website, they can do all sorts of different engravings. They can put any logo on coasters or some other products that you might be interested in. So check these guys out. They do some really, really awesome work. And thanks again for giving us the coasters. I know Tom and me will be putting them to good use shortly here. You can have them too. So with that, the Bears have officially reported to camp. Yes, the monsters of the midway. The, the 2022 season is underway, and it's entirely possible that this will be the most enjoyable part of the 2022 season. We're this, all, this minute right now. Yeah, yeah well, things started to deteriorate pretty rapidly from a positivity <laughs> standpoint. I guess this actually happened before camp opened, technically, but... Probably the biggest storyline that we're going to start with is this Ian Rappaport tweet about Roquan Smith, and I'll just go ahead and read it. Bears all-pro linebacker Roquan Smith will not be participating in training camp when veterans report, sources say, because of his contract situation. Smith has not yet received an offer he would remotely consider. So, not the storyline that any of us, including probably the Bears front office, were looking forward to on the first day of training camp, but here we are. And Tom, what's your initial reaction to that bit of news? Of course, uh, that's disappointing. And we all have, you know, the uh, debacle that was Alan Robinson fresh in our mind still. Um, you know, that one, I, of course, have uh, ranted on many a time, simply because I never understood the fact that uh, Pace went and found uh, a guy coming off injury and was able to sign him for a decent deal, watched Robinson flourish with the team and then refused to give him a bigger deal. I guess if you go by the rumor in hearsay, it always came down to a couple of million dollars a year, which seems crazy. And the entire relationship ended in shambles. Now I'm hoping that that's not a repeat. But what Bears fans have to do is we have to keep our head in the game and the fact that this isn't Ryan Pace. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's certainly not fair to judge Ryan Poles by the sins of Ryan Pace. But this news kind of annoyed me when I read it because it, it wasn't news that Roquan Smith's contract was going into its final year and that he was going to want an extension and quite frankly an extension that he's earned he's played really well with the bears and like this is gonna sound like a snarky comment and i'm really not intending it to (laughs) be that way but like what has the front office been doing (laughs) they haven't been signing players all off season the draft's been the draft came and went a couple of months ago like what exactly has been the priority over the last six to eight weeks? You'd think this should have been number one on the list. <laughs> if you're telling me that the entire capacity of the front office has gone towards signing journeyman offensive linemen to one-year <laughs> deals, I'm going to have some pretty serious questions there. So why did this get to the first day of camp without having a, a resolution? And I've heard some speculation because... One nuance here is that Roquan Smith doesn't have an agent. He represents himself, which, by the way, if you listen to Ryan Pohl's press conference, he did not seem all too pleased with. But this last sentence in Rappaport's tweet saying that he hasn't gotten an offer that he would remotely consider makes it sound like there have been some offers extended and that Roquan Smith doesn't feel that they're a fair value to what he provides to the Bears. And 
Okay. And Rappaport didn't write that himself. That came from Roquan Smith or somebody else in his camp. So let's dive into one part of that, all right? So um, the first part I want to take a quick snapshot on is if he is still acting as his own agent, whether you like how sports is organized or not, any type of celebrity actually goes beyond the world of sports, right? Any type of celebrity has an agent. I mean, 99% of them do. The only person that I can think of right off the top of my head who doesn't is um, uh, the boxer, um, the, you know, the... I can't help you out on this one. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of his name, but everybody knows the... The boxer who went 50-0, and 0, he's middleweight. Um, anyway, I can't think of his name right now. It's for some reason stuck on the... Anyway, he's his own agent. He, he does his own fights. And uh, it, it's, been, it's been called a revelation, and it's also been called a disaster that he does that. But You're talking about Canelo Alvarez? No, not Canelo. The Canelo is the young guy. This is the guy that's been around forever. You know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh, Floyd Mayweather? Yes, okay. Floyd Mayweather. Thank you. Uh, it was stuck on the tongue of my tongue. Anyway, Floyd ha- has this unique position that he's done that, right? Oscar De La Hoya did it to a certain extent, too. Anyway, the, the, the point is, is that whether you're a celebrity uh, actor or you're a, a pro golfer or you are a middle linebacker, you have an agent. And they have their purpose in that world. Uh, and, you know, it's probably, uh, I, I don't see Paul's adversity towards that as being really his problem. That is, I don't know what has driven Roquan Smith to believe that he can be his own agent and then turn around and present a hold, uh, a holdout. Uh, you know, what, what is it? It would be so much easier for us if we understood what the discrepancy was. Well, and let's not forget, he did a holdout before as a rookie. And that's what I was going to say, because he had an agent at that point, and his rookie holdout was based on some language that they wanted in the contract related to the consequences for if Roquan Smith got suspended. It was something about the Bears having an ability to reduce or void some of his guarantees if he got suspended and there was some dispute over that but your point about the agent is a good one because there have been professional athletes professional football players that have negotiated their own deals I know Richard Sherman is a high profile one that did that Um, Lamar Jackson is in the same situation as Roquan where he's trying to negotiate a second contract without an agent but 99.9% of the players in the league have one, and I'm sure that not having an agent makes the front office's job considerably harder because just from my own experience, when I have looked for jobs in the past, I've at some points worked with recruiters. At some point, I've done it on my own, and recruiter isn't necessarily the same thing as an agent, but they can give you a perspective on what industry standard is, what may be seen as a reasonable or unreasonable request in a job or a contract negotiation. So Absolutely. I'm not surprised that Ryan Poles isn't happy that Roquan Smith is representing himself because I'm sure he just has to have a lot of conversations with Roquan that he maybe wouldn't otherwise have to have with uh, Drew Rosenhaus or any of the other big agencies that represent NFL players. But I also don't fully understand why this couldn't have gotten done earlier in the off season. I, I've heard, yes. I've heard some speculation that Poles and Eberflus want to see Roquan Smith play first because they, Roquan has obviously spent his time playing for the bears under Nagy and pace. And that's just not how this is going to work. Roquan Smith is a elite linebacker in the NFL by any measure. And, He's earned a second contract with the Bears, and if I were him, I would tell them that they've got four years of tape that they can go ahead and break down, and he's participated in all the off-season activities, so they've seen him in that capacity, and I, I 
don't think that he's really in the wrong here asking for a second contract at this point because if I were him and I had done everything he's done and I'd proven to be an elite player at my position, I wouldn't want to go into my fifth year and risk injury and potential future job and earning security when I've earned a second contract. So I hope they figure this out, but I was certainly annoyed that it's lingered to this point and now, you know, in year one of this regime, which is all based on rebuilding and setting a culture and doing things the right way, you know, at the start of your training camp, your best player is sitting on the sidelines riding a stationary bike because of a contract dispute. And, you know, all of that is true and valid. However, this does bring up pace because there must be... There's obviously things that go on behind the scenes that we're not privy to. We're, we weren't privy to them then. We're not going to be privy to them now. We might never ever be privy to them in the future. You know, that's the kind of thing that Alan Robinson maybe will talk about in his, you know, uh, in his autobiography, right? That he writes someday. But um, <laughs> ghost writes rather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, my point is is that. There is, and this I'm sure this goes on in Hollywood too, that there's some of that that is, mom is the word, and part of it brought to bear by the organization is, you have to keep your mouth shut about this, otherwise we're just going to walk away completely. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, Roquan, I'm pretty sure, at least from what the exterior says, seems like he wants to stay and play in Chicago. He wants Chicago to give him a new contract. He wants to be one of the top paid linebackers in the NFL. And I, you know, and I'm sure that on the other side, uh, you know, you've got the powers that be, which are, you know, our head coach, uh, our GM and assistant GM, and I'm sure ownership, not to mention this is probably the world where uh, maybe Ted Phillips and Cliff Stein become uh, become involved, right? Mm-hmm. Ted Phillips might have his two cents in here, even though he's not involved with football, simply because of the sheer amount of money that's going to get spent. He is the money guy, right? Maybe. Well, your point about Robinson is interesting because... You don't want to become known as an organization that doesn't take care of your players. Right. It's the NFL. It's a cutthroat business. It can be really brutal at times. Every team has examples of players that they probably haven't necessarily treated fairly, whether it's contract or cutting a guy when he gets hurt or whatever the case might be. But, you know, you cite Robinson. That's a situation where a player clearly earned a contract extension and the Bears strung him along for two years and then he left. Obviously, that was the... Actually, three. Yeah. Because they could have signed him two years early. They didn't. And then they, for some reason, put him on the franchise. Yeah. Never made any sense. And we saw how that worked out. That was the past regime, but still the same organization. And there was. And still the the NFL as a whole. Mm -hmm. Well, and then another example this offseason was Ogan Joby. We don't know the full story there, but. I would be willing to bet that if you asked a lot of players around the league, they probably have the feeling that the Bears did him wrong. I, I would guess that's true, and they don't know the full story either, but if you're an NFL player, probably the only thing you really know about that story is the Bears signed into a contract and backed out of it. Yeah, and now at, at the same time, I did feel some satisfaction out of that uh, because uh, polls came out shortly afterwards and said, hey, uh, when we met with him, we said, we just we thought you were further along in your rehabilitation mm-hmm. than you actually are. Yeah. And we can't offer that kind of deal at this point. Um, I actually felt like that that was pretty savvy for him to do that. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it all comes down to perspective, right? right? And there's definitely guys out there who are looking at it from that perspective of, Oh, no, they said that they were going to give him the deal, and then they just turned around and didn't. Now, at the same time, Ogunjobi, in particular, sat for quite a while. What, uh, two months, maybe? And got a one-year deal. And then ended up getting a one-year deal at a lot less than what Chicago was going to give him. So there is some, definitely some truth. But And, you know, that's the thing, is, is that we know that there's some truth from both sides. 
But we don't know exactly all the story. And then, like I said, there is that amount of X Factor that we don't know about at all. Absolutely. And all that's true. But I'm just talking about from the perspective of the players. I'm I'm sure there are a lot of players that are like, man, Chicago did did him wrong. Whether it's true or not, it's just about your perception around the league. And the other thing with the Smith extension is like, the Bears could use a positive headline. Yes. If Schefter came out and said the Bears have agreed to a contract extension with Roquan Smith, he's now the highest paid inside linebacker in the game, would anybody be mad about that? And it would be the first real good news of the offseason. You know, while I, while I agree with you in, uh, in, in concept, I don't think he deserves to be the highest paid uh, linebacker in the NFL. By any by any stretch of the imagination, probably probably not. He is really good, but I don't think he's that good. But I think this next extension that he gets will make him that. And maybe that's maybe that's where it is. Maybe it's that he wants to be the number one paid linebacker in the NFL. And polls is saying, "Why we like you a lot? You're not the best linebacker in the NFL." But like that's just how. Contract- and who is the who is? The number one paid linebacker, Darius Leonard? Probably Leonard or Fred Warner or something, but that's just how these contracts work. Like Now, I know Bobby Wagner just got a big deal, too, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think he's the highest paid linebacker. Just but I think he's, he's pretty high up there. Just because he's a little bit older. But right. Like, that's just how these extensions work. Like The highest paid quarterback in the league right now isn't Tom Brady. I can't remember off the top of my head who it is. It might be Kyler now, but... And it's, now that's, prob- it's probably Deshaun Watson as far as as far as overall deal. Yeah, that's probably true. You're right but, about that. But per year, it might be Aaron Rodgers or or Stafford. I'm not sure, but it's always the case that well, even Kirk Cousins is getting 35 million right. this year. You know, so I mean, you know, part of that gets messy because you're looking at the overall deal. When you look at the overall deal. Kyler Murray's deal and Deshaun Watson's deals are both gargantuan. It is Rodgers, by the way. Yeah. So, so and Rodgers next year is going to be like fifty million mm-hmm. for one season, right? And so, like that, that holds some water then because Rodgers is the MVP. But for a lot of years, the highest paid quarterbacks were guys like Matt Stafford or Philip Rivers, guys that weren't necessarily the best quarterback. That's just how these extensions work. Is that Roquan will get a big extension, and then when Leonard or Warner or whoever the the best linebacker call it is now, they'll renegotiate their deal. Like so, regardless, the point being, the Bears have not had a lot of stories to brag about this off season. They had the Ogan Joby thing. They had Ryan Bates. They've had players getting arrested. They just haven't been in the news a lot for positive reasons, and there's nothing that screams to me like a huge miss or like the front office has been incompetent. I think it's just a lot of small stories that are negative, but I, 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 not that this should be the reason that they're making decisions, but this feels like low hanging fruit. If you want to just get this taken care of and get your best player under contract, but at least so far that hasn't happened. And my hope is that it gets wrapped up early on in camp. I, I don't want this to linger into you know, late August, early September, where we're going to have to start questioning if Roquan's going to be playing week one, because that's just a cloud that nobody wants hanging over their head. So looking at inside linebacker uh, under guaranteed, uh, number one, Darius Leonard, number two, C.J. Mosley, Deion Jones, Zach Cunningham, Devin White, Eric Kendricks, Bobby Wagner, Donta Hightower, Blake Martinez, Micah Parsons, Tremaine Edmonds, Patrick Queen, Miles Jack, Josie Jewell, Jordan Hicks, Christian Kirksey. So, I mean, those are all some, you know, pretty, uh, those are all some pretty good players. Now, what you're looking for is, I mean, that's the overall deal, right? Um, I mean, is he asking... Darius Leonard's uh, practical guaranteed uh, per spot track is $52.5 million over five years. And it's a total $98 million deal, right? Is he asking for more than that? I would guess so. And if so, 
No, I don't think he's worth that. You know, Bears fans can shred me if they want. I don't think he's worth being paid as the number one inside linebacker in the NFL. He's not that. He is not that good. He's very, very good, and he even could be considered. You use the term elite. I, I think he could be used under the term elite, but I don't think he's the best. And you know, maybe the way they're measuring out their linebackers, um, because you know things are shifting, right? Because we're going, we're we're shifting to a four-three, right? And he's, it looks like more and more that he's going to be on the weak side, right? He's not going to be playing middle anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in that position, are they looking at paying him as the number one middle linebacker? Because he's not going to be the middle linebacker anymore. I'm just saying there's, all, all I'm saying is that there's a lot of variables. Do I think that they should pay him? Yes. Do I think that they should pay him, you know, a higher value? Yes. And should they have done it by now? Yes, I definitely agree with that. I'm just hoping at this point, where we are now, that they go and they say, you know what, we can't let this just run on. We have to, we need to address this. Yeah, figure it it out. And my position on it would be that he's clearly the best player on the roster right now. He's young that you hope you can build around him for years to come if you have to overpay him a little bit as as long as it's not outrageous. If it's a couple million bucks, just do it and get it over with and show him that he you're committing to him as one of the building blocks of this defense for the next five, six, seven years. Just get it out of the way because you don't want to end up with a disgruntled player and worst case scenario is it lingers into the season, you don't get it done, and then he leaves in free agency because that would set this whole thing back even further than it already is right now. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, the top two paid linebackers are C.J. Mosley and Darius Leonard. Uh, you know, Leonard was taken in the same draft as Smith. Uh, they both um, are 26 years old. Both signed five-year deals. Both, uh, Mosley got $43 million at, uh, guaranteed at signing. Leonard got $33 million guaranteed at signing. Uh, they both have a practical guarantee of over $50 million. So that's probably a pretty good guess that that's where he's looking as at a practical guarantee of $50 million plus. Well, well, and, and if I were him, I would say, is he as good as Leonard? No, but he's a whole lot better than C.J. Mosley. Yeah, so. I mean, I, and I agree with that. You know, um, you know it, it, the argument is to be made with any of these other guys. Uh Outside of Mark Micah Parsons, I wouldn't I wouldn't put them actually even in the same uh, in the same category because right. Parsons plays that really a different position. <laughs> Parsons, but, um, Parsons plays his own position, right? Now. <laughs> he does, he does. But uh, you know, Devin White, God, he's only twenty one. <laughs> How oh, is that even possible? I didn't realize that. Uh, but uh, uh, well, this says signed age. No, that must be when he signed. But anyway. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, he's actually 24. Um, my hope God, he's only 24. Holy crap. Anyway, uh, he, it's like you said, Roquan is young. He's, he's only 25 years old. He has shown time and again every season that he is arguably the best player on the team at any given moment, and he deserves to be paid that way. I, I think so. And if I had to guess by the time we record this next episode next week, I'm guessing this will be taken care of, but if it's not, I'm really going to start getting annoyed because they had all off season to do this, and yeah. it should have been done by now. And then, and and you know that's actually uh, that's actually a good call out right there because I mean really it should be it should be done by this time next week because yeah it, it's gone on long enough. Um, we need him in camp, uh, you know, put him on the pup list. Uh, which I thought that was also interesting too, right? They put him on the pup list, so uh, he doesn't have to pay a fine. Well, there's some new thing with the CBA that went into effect a couple years ago. TJ Watt did this last year where if you show up to camp but basically refuse to practice, then you don't get fined for that. So you can show up, you can sit in meetings, you can be in the huddle, but you're just not going to run drills, and you don't have to pay the fine for that. So... I don't know if the Bears put him on pup because there is an injury there or if they 
just wanted to have an excuse for him not being there than the contract. But, like, Rappaport already broke the story. So he wasn't going to be practicing one way or another. And, you know, the fact that he's on PUP, I would... I have a feeling that as soon as he gets this contract extension, whatever injury has him on the pup list will magically be healed. So, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a couple other stories. Um, a bit of a surprise, actually. Robert Quinn reported and yes. is practicing and yes. apparently wants to be here, if you believe what he said today in his first interview in camp. He said that he has been traded a couple of times in his career, has no desire to be traded again. He says that he feels that he did enough last year to earn a spot on this roster, and he didn't report to any of the off-season activities, as we know, and he basically said that he got fined $100,000 for missing those, and he basically said that $100,000 was worth it to me, and yeah. I didn't want to go to the offseason. You know what? So. I actually was cool with that, yeah. you know? I mean, he just came out and he said, hey, I, I, you know, I had other stuff going on. I didn't want to come. To me, paying the money was better than coming. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But he, you know, and that means something a little bit more when he's saying that at camp on the first day, yeah. right? It's like, I'm here. You know, I'm ready yeah. to go. He was with the team last year, right? He, um, you know, it's... He is a really savvy long-term veteran. You know, I can I can kind of understand it. Yeah, I mean, he basically said that I wanted to make sure I was in my best physical and mental health for the season, and to me, it was worth it to pay the money and not have to go and sit through uh, mandatory off-season training. Which, fine, whatever. It's it's not like he's we a, need him to stay at the team. Yeah. It's it's not like he's the quarterback or the middle linebacker or somebody that's going to be calling out the defense. He's a pass rusher, so it's not like he really has to learn the new scheme. He just needs to go get the quarterback. So if he's here and he wants to be here, I mean, it certainly is going to make the defense better. It still doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to me having him on the roster because he's probably got one or two good years left, and the Bears are probably one or two years away from really contending for anything legitimate. So his timeline doesn't line up with the Bears. So Yeah, but at the same time, um, I would rather see this than not get anything for him. You know, it, it for all we know, other teams came and said, hey, yeah, we'll give you a seventh rounder mm-hmm. for him. And, you know, polls was, uh, pace, you know, <laughs> polls was like, no, thank you. You know, you give me a, a reasonable offer and I'll give you a reasonable answer. So, yeah. you know, maybe this is his savvy, right? I mean, you know, it was a small thing. But to me, we got a little glimpse into the negotiating ability of polls with in Keel Harry. And, and, and the reason is, is because jokingly I said to you, you know, if that was if that was pace, it would have been a fifth rounder next year, like, right? That's true, though. But I mean, I, I wasn't. I was far from the only person that made that joke, <laughs> and that's because everybody realizes that is actually what it would have happened. You what, know? Did, what did Ryan Pace trade for Jakeem Grant? He traded a sixth, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, so like, granted, a sixth the next season. So, granted, Jakeem Grant, and that, he didn't even play the whole year. Right. Well, that's the thing, and Jakeem Grant's better than Nikhil Harry, or at least he's had a better career. But yeah, um, trading a sixth round pick last year during the season when it was clear the Bears sucked for really a returner. Yeah. Not for a receiver. It was for a returner. Yeah. That that was after like the Cleveland game, I think. So yeah. The Bears were already going nowhere fast. Yeah. And he gave him a sixth in the in the following season. Yes, but you know, it's like you said, Harry was traded for the least amount that you could trade him for. And the only reason the Bears did that is because they knew if Harry was cut by the Patriots, he probably wasn't going to sign with the Bears. Probably not. But you know what? At the same time, maybe the Bears wouldn't have been in position to get him. Right. You know. So even if they wanted to, right? I I thought that the signing was it cost very very little. And it has very good upside. Whether we see that uh, happen is a completely different question. But I think that the reward versus risk is well worth it. Yeah, and going back to Quinn, this will be something to keep an eye on during camp. And 
as you follow the NFL in general, because some pass rusher somewhere is going to get hurt in camp. And when that happens, I'm sure the first person that will be on the phone is Ryan Poles asking if that team will give the Bears a third round pick for Robert Quinn. And I think that if there was a good trade offer on the table for Quinn, he would be gone right now. So like you said, it's probably that teams are offering fifth, sixth, seventh round picks and Ryan Poles thinks it's better to hang on to him and see if that value goes up or if he does play he's still a very effective pass rusher and he will make the team better if he's playing for the Bears and the Bears aren't tanking they're not trying to lose games like I don't think so so you know if having Quinn out there helps you win maybe an extra game or two Maybe their position is that's good for the culture we're trying to build. That'll be good for the team's confidence. That'll be good for Justin Fields to maybe have a guy on the other side of the ball that can go get the quarterback and put the team in some better field position. So you're not starting every drive at uh, the 25 after taking a touchback out of your end zone because the other team just scored. So, you know, we're going to see how it all plays out. I'm still not fully convinced that Quinn will be on the roster week one, but... Before today, I would have bet that he wouldn't be here, and now I'm not so convinced. So. Well, and and remember, you know, these aren't his guys, right? The, Poles did not make these deals. These aren't his guys. He didn't bring them in, but he's trying to do. I firmly believe, and you, I believe you do too. Feel what in in relation to what you just said. Feel that he is still trying to feel the competitive team, right? He just realized I got to break this down into bits because this thing, this thing is a giant shit show. Which, if you're a Bears fan and you don't feel like last year was a shit show, you're watching the. I don't know what drugs you were doing during the entire season, but stay on them uh, because <laughs> I mean it, it was it was one of the worst seasons of football I've ever watched. It was. Awful. Trying to think of what drug you'd have to take to make (laughs) last year enjoyable. Well, heroin addicts all say I don't do heroin because I'm an idiot. So you know, so you know, the thing is, is that we he came in to a terrible situation. I feel like he has done quite a few things to improve that situation and certainly improve it for 2023. So I, I feel like we're on the right track. The, you know, there's two of, I'm looking at uh, Sports Rack right now, and the top two guys for money, Eddie Jackson, Robert Quinn. You know, he didn't give them money to either of those guys, but we are paying them for this year no matter what. They're guaranteed dollars, right? So I would be trying to get something out of them. And, you know, Quinn, I, 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 I would really think that his deal is we just haven't gotten an offer that's worth a crap for him. And Eddie Jackson, they're they're trying to say, hey, with Jackson, you know, he's been on the on the lips of every media guy since the beginning of the offseason. And and Poles has been very steady about him. Everybody's starting at zero. We want this guy here. We think he's an important piece, but he's gotta do more. Eddie Jackson actually came out and said, I gotta do more, right? So so I, I think that, you know, with those two guys right there, there is there is some clarity in the cloudiness. Well, and, and with Jackson, too, first of all, nobody's trading for him. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a single team in the NFL that would trade... Uh, not for that deal. ...a valuable draft pick for Eddie Jackson, just with the production the last couple of years and also, like you said, the contract. And he's also only 28. So if he finds a second wind this year under this new coaching staff, he could theoretically play for the Bears for a few more years. Like, Quinn, I think, is 33. So, he's got... 30? No, he's older than 30. He has to be. I, I bet he... Well, let me see here real quick. 30, Go ahead with your thought. 32. So, 32, you're right. So, I mean, he is at the sunset of his career. I mean, he could theoretically play three, four Just more... Just turned 32. Okay. So, he could theoretically play three or four more years but it's very unlikely that he's going to repeat that level of production from right. last year but so. nobody is thinking that he's going to be here next year i don't think so either no i mean it's it's obviously for one year i'm just saying if he if he's not getting a deal if he's not getting an offer that he that he views as a fair deal there's it's not too surprising that he's still on the 
that Quinn is still on the team because they're paying him a shit ton of money. And also, he doesn't have, like, I think when Khalil Mack got traded, people's reaction was that Poles is just completely tearing it down. But I also wonder what factor injury history had in that because, you know, Mack didn't play most of the year last year, and you know most of his time here, he was pretty consistently banged up. Now, he played most games before last year, but I feel like he was on the injury report his entire four years here, and it was always something with him, and maybe Ryan Poles just said, you know, it's unknown whether or not this guy will fully ever be healthy again, so we're going to cut our losses now and take the draft picks we can get. With Quinn, he has been available for his Bears tenure and pretty much his whole career. He's had a couple injuries, every football player does, but for the most part, he gets out there and he plays. So, And, and, and let's not forget, in that deal, in the Mac deal, right, they got rid of a huge chunk of money. Yes. Uh, you know, so they got a second round pick and got rid of a giant chunk of money. Again, you've heard me say many times, when the McCaskies are spending a lot of money, I'm a happy guy because I don't care about how much money they spend. But when you're looking at it as a fan, the money is a resource. That's what it comes down to, right? Not the cap. It's a resource, just like a draft pick is a resource, and you have to lure it to look. You have to use it to lure players. And Mac just didn't have that lure for the Bears anymore. But where he went, wow! What a what a perfect fit there, right? So I mean, he's really going to be, um, you know, he's going to be a serious uh, uh, force there because he's not the guy there, right? Yeah. So he he doesn't have to. He's not the one that has the big shining light on his face every week. So you know it's Watt. So you know that's the thing. Bosa, uh, Bosa, excuse me, Bosa, and uh, both two young, yeah. you know, yeah. outstanding players and at the top of their games, right? Yeah. So you know they. So the thing is, is that all I'm saying is, is that. He, I, as far as I'm concerned, I thought that he did. I thought Poles got a pretty good deal out of it. I, I think so. And the Chargers are trying to win the Super Bowl this year, and they have yes. a, they have a roster that can do that. The Bears don't. The Bears are going right. to be lucky to finish 500. So Mac didn't fit here anymore. I don't really think Quinn does either. But you know, like I said, I think there is probably an argument to keep him around if he's here. And and you got to remember with Quinn. Motivated. Quinn is after this year is done. I mean, as far as as far as money with the guaranteed Bears. money, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's another thing too is that you know his contract wasn't as big of an albatross as Max, and it's not as bad going forward as it was that first year when Ryan Pace right. gave him all that guaranteed money and he gave the Bears absolutely nothing. So <laughs> you know, um, we'll see how it all plays out. I. I'm not convinced he'll be on the roster week one, but something to monitor. Um, and then another notable piece of news, I guess. He's getting less notable as we work our way down the agenda, <laughs> but the Bears signed a couple guys to play offensive line. Yes. <laughs> Riley, new new Ry- right guard. Riley Reef, who I think new is tackle. going to be the starting left tackle week one. Yeah. And then Michael Schofield, who I think will be the starting right guard. So Reef last year played... Uh, for the Bengals, he started 12 games before he got hurt right before their playoff run. Um, and Schofield, has, uh, he did play for the Chargers last year, started several games for them, I think 13. And two veterans that have been around the block that are replacement level, decent guys that you know can play a representative offensive line. Um, I don't think anything to get excited about with either one, but with how the offensive line looked before those two signings, you at least have a couple of guys that you know can go out there and play. Right. And, I, and um, I've seen this uh, around the net uh, a little bit, and I think, it's, I think it's a really good point, and that is, um, you know, Poles waited it out, right? Um, the guys who were going to get the big contracts got their big contracts. These guys he signed for medium prices, right? Um, they can come in and make an immediate impact, it does give them the Bears some time to work on Braxton Jones, right. uh, you know, uh, to work on Tevin Jenkins, 
uh, to work on Larry Borum, to work on some of these young pieces that they're hoping will develop into real starters. I mean, you and I have both fantasized, (laughs) I use that word deliberately, (laughs) that Braxton Jones could be a left tackle. I mean, because holy moly, would that be huge, right? If we have a a real deal quarterback and a left tackle Mm -hmm. on rookie deals... And one of them is on a, what, a fourth round deal? I mean... Fifth round, I think, right? Fifth fifth round, right. I mean, it, it, that's the kind of stuff that you can use to build a championship team. That's where the Bengals came from. Now, the Bengals have had, you know, draft number one draft picks being fed to them for years and years. But really, over the last, say, three is when they've really started to make a serious impact and that was, if you go look at it closely, a few key signings out of rookies that made the difference, right? And that's what I think Poles is envisioning. And I, and I got to say, I don't feel like Poles is getting enough credit for his history, his 13-year history with the Kansas City Chiefs organization and how much that organization changed while he was there. And the fact that he survived he was hired by scott pioli who by the way uh, a few days ago came out and absolutely gushed about polls Mm -hmm. but he not only survived pioli but another general manager and went on to a third and rose the entire time in any corporate structure that shows a guy that's headed to the top right I don't care what what corporation it is. In this particular case, it was the Kansas City Chiefs Corporation. But any guy that can survive, uh, uh, you know, a regime change at the top, not once, not twice, but went to his third guy and was still being, you know, not they weren't looking to replace him. It was just that the, the Bears came along and said, "We want to give you the the top the top of the pile." Yeah, absolutely, and a big part of that is that organization success. On the offensive line, I mean, the biggest part is obviously Pat Mahomes, but they've had a lot of really smart signings and draft picks over in Kansas City as well. And you mentioned Braxton Jones. He's one of, what, four linemen that the Bears drafted? And the thing is, all of them were drafted in rounds five or later. And you don't want to be going into the season starting multiple rookies that you drafted. Well, heck, you could say Tevin Jenkins is a rookie. Well, I mean, what did he play? Two games last year? Three games? Yeah, exactly. And how much snaps did he really play? You know, 50%? And he was playing at the end of the Matt Nagy tenure, which who, who knows yeah. what was going into those game plans. But at least he was a high draft pick. If Tevin Jenkins started day one as a second-round draft pick, that feels a lot better than starting somebody that was drafted in the sixth round last year. And just because they were drafted, just because they were drafted late doesn't mean they can't be good eventually, but... They're probably not ready to start day one. So signing guys like this at least makes it so that you don't have to put these rookies in a position to just completely bomb out because they're not ready, right? That's that's what I was worried about is that you were going to be going into the season with Borum and Jenkins and one of these guards starting on the line with a couple of veterans. And that seems like a recipe for disaster. But if you go into the year from left to right with Riley Reef. Whitehair, Patrick, uh, Schofield, and then the winner of a competition at right tackle between Jenkins and Borum and a couple other guys that are in camp. I would say it's probably going to be Borum, wouldn't you? Probably. I am holding out hope for Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean... It's certainly... What we've seen so far has certainly not boded well, but... And, I mean, the guy looks the part. I mean... He does to me, too. If, if, if he isn't the starter then there must be something going on with either his mental side of the game or his desire to really be the physical right tackle that he was drafted to be there's got to be something else because if we're going based on physical ability alone Jenkins should be the starting right tackle but like you said the early returns at least as far as this offseason goes haven't been very good I haven't really heard Poles or Eberflus say anything positive about him. I haven't heard him trash him either, but 
you would think that a guy like that would be somebody that you'd be excited about, and certainly that's not the impression they've given off. So if it's not him, I think it will probably be Borum. He played there last year, and he played okay. And then you kind of have him see, well, you, you see if he truly is a starter or if, he, or if he's just kind of holding place for somebody else. But I think that signing these guys at least kind of puts a floor in. So the offensive line isn't going to be a complete disaster. Like those players I listed off aren't great. That's probably still a bottom 10 offensive line in the NFL, mm-hmm. but it's not far and away the worst, which is maybe, what I, a, maybe a bottom five. Yeah. But it, it, we were looking at far and away the worst potentially. So maybe this takes that off the table. And by the way, if some of these kids come into camp and really blow the doors off, it's no guarantee that these two veterans are going to start, but it gives you a viable alternative if none of these draft picks are ready, which right. is probably not unreasonable considering where they were it's drafted. Good, it's good insurance, right? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, number one, what you just said, it's not guaranteed that they're going to start. But I certainly like the idea of Schofield and Rife and Patrick being brought in uh, as players who started some games last year and we can put right out onto the field, along with Cody Whitehair, and then, wow, boom, suddenly you have four veterans starting on the line. Right. It, it, it makes sense. All of them were signed at reasonable deals, too. One, that's, one year. You know, and that's one of the things that Poles is showing right now, right, is he almost all of his guys are on prove-it deals. And, you know, some of them are not going to prove it, but some of them are, Right. The law of averages just shows that some of them will, right? Hopefully, e- either that or he's a terrible, uh, a-, a-, a terrible evaluator of talent. Yeah, I don't think that that's the case. Um, you know, he drafted uh, two offensive linemen last year for the Chiefs, and they both started all sixteen games, right? So, and one of them was in the sixth round. One of them was in the sixth round, right? Uh, you know, and uh, so. So he's already shown that he can do this. This isn't we're wondering whether this guy can do this. It was with Pace, it was always wondered exactly how much he had to do with the players that were coming in. Because, he, you know, with, um, with, this, uh, with the people in that organization, uh, you know, there was a, a lot of uh, Peyton was one of the people that loved to have his hands all over that kind of thing, right? And it certainly looked like the organization above him had a lot more to do with that kind of stuff. But uh, all I'm saying is that I think that I think that Poles was very hands-on uh, with with the Chiefs. I'm just realizing this. Did you realize Riley Reef was drafted in the same draft as Shane McClellan? <laughs> that's, that's, that was a long time ago Doesn't it feel like Shane McClellan's been out of the league For like a decade <laughs> <laughs> He was probably What was he like four picks after after McClellan uh, McClellan was yeah exactly McClellan was 19 <laughs> Reef was 23rd overall Oh yeah and I think two picks before Reef was uh, Chandler Jones Boy. Who uh, we, we bypassed Because yeah that guy was no good Boy if you look at some of the players drafted after McClellan. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> by the way, the player drafted between Chandler Jones and Riley Reef was a quarterback that the Browns drafted him. Any guesses? Um, I, Colt was, McCoy? No. It wasn't Manziel. <laughs> I forgot this guy existed. Take one more guess. Whoa. I, I got, yeah, you got me. Brandon Whedon. <laughs> oh my god. I forgot that guy was even in the NFL. <laughs> oh man. How long did he even stay in the NFL? Uh, not very. Like two years, maybe? Brandon Whedon was a first-round pick. Uh, he was drafted. Brandon Whedon. Spent two years with the Browns. Boy, if you're a first-round pick and you lasted two years with the team that drafted you. Wow. And then he played. I hope you saved your money. Yeah, he played two years with the Cowboys. Oh, like. okay. So I'm just going to throw this in at random. Here's a Bears pile. Uh, so <laughs> they had a little thing yesterday that I saw where they were talking to Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. Yeah. Did you see this about their Madden scores? No. <laughs> so they had to guess. They were guessing each other's Madden, Madden ratings. And I think Brisker guessed, uh, uh, Gord, uh, guessed Gordon at 76 and Gordon guessed Brisker at 75. Can I, can I guess? 
Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to guess Brisker is 71. Close. And 73. I, okay, and I would guess Gordon is... It's going to even 70. 71. All right, pretty good. And, and both of them were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we're going to have to upgrade that. Yeah, <laughs> well, second round picks, I mean... Uh, boy, I was about to be—I was about to go off on this podcast if Brisker showed up unsigned because they signed him on the eve of training camp. Right, so right. He was going to be another holdout, but they got—they got that contract done. So I'll save that rant. But um, I guess I mean, any other storylines you're particularly interested? I think the biggest one for me is the offensive line during camp and just seeing how it all plays out, and then. Obviously, fields, but other than that, anything else that you're particularly curious no, just about? that uh, you know, just that this is when pads come on, right? right? This is when we start seeing real hitting. This is uh, as you just illuminated. Um, th- this is when we see the offensive and defensive lines really come to life because we get to see what they really can do. I, I just my whole attitude is just. Uh, I think that this team is better than people think it is on paper. I don't think that this is a three-win team. Um, And we'll have to see what happens with that. But I have heard the general attitude that you and I have put out there all offseason, and that is, I just want to see some entertaining Bears football. I agree with that. and I think it's going to be hard for them to be a three-win team like just with this schedule. I mean, the Bears roster is not very good, but just the NFC in general is not very strong this year. You're going to play the Lions twice, so typically that's at least one win. (laughs) Well, you know what? Jared Goff sucks. Yeah, he does. And you you play the Texans. You play, I mean, unless, like, obviously injuries notwithstanding. Like, if if it's 15 games of Trevor Simeon, yeah, you're going to win two or three of them, but... Like, if the team stays relatively healthy, there there's enough winnable games on here that I, I think the Bears, as long as Eberflus isn't a complete disaster, should be, you know, a, at least around their win-loss total, if not maybe slightly above it, just based on hopefully good quarterback play. Hopefully Eberflus has these guys playing hard. Maybe Getze has some tricks up his sleeve. So, you know, it it's not necessarily a team that I think is has a very high ceiling but like you said I think has the ability to be entertaining and in a lot of games and I I think you know we're gonna see that and we already have started to see that actually with camp I mean we've already had Jalen Johnson talking about just the difference in culture this year compared to last year and how this coaching staff I mean there's gotta be yeah and just how much better this coaching staff is at keeping players accountable and pushing them to go hard so I think we're going to be hearing a lot of that this camp, just players commenting on the difference between this coaching staff and the last one, and hopefully that pays off. And, you know, they're, they're going to be underdogs in most games, but that doesn't mean you can't steal some in the NFL. I mean, anybody can win any, any week. And the other thing, um, whether it pays off for him or not, uh, I think that Justin Fields has made it very clear that he intends to take this team on his back and make it his responsibility. What's his Madden ranking? You know, <laughs> um, I think it's 79. Oh, I, I was going to guess in the 60s. I can't imagine it's very good. <laughs> I, was, I think it's 79. Um, he has gone higher, though, just like you and I thought in drafts because of... Uh, you know that uh, seventy four. That's actually seventy four. I was okay. gonna guess like sixty eight. So but you weird. know he uh, because of that you know rushing touchdown ability, he is gonna he's gonna have some yards and touchdowns um, uh, on on the ground. But and I, I I I feel like you know every quote I see from that kid and just his general attitude. You know he shows up for his first press conference. Did you see that wearing? A JD Bear shirt. Did you yeah, see that? That was cool. And and, and I was like, I, I I didn't recognize what that was right off the bat. And then I read that those were the shirts that were produced to give money to Dick, Jeff Dickerson's kid. You know, I mean, that is a classy, deliberate act, yeah. right? 
And to me, that speaks volumes about who he is as a person, not as a player, right? And I feel like every time I read something by him, you know, he comes right out and point blank says, I want to be the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard that in a while. You uh, certainly didn't hear it from Cutler. No. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think you heard that from Trubisky either. Trubisky, I, you know, I liked Trubisky for what he was, but sometimes I wonder how much his humility uh, played into how he played on the field because he did not have that <laughs> the eye of the tiger. Uh, no. he, he did it right. No, I mean I know that's a cheesy cliche, but it's real. It's the, and just a deer in the headlights. He did. He he was, and I don't get that. I don't get that vibe from Fields in any way, shape, or form. So I I think that's exciting. I do too, and that's obviously the biggest story of camp, right? Is just seeing how he develops, see how he does in this new offense, and we're going to see. I, I have a feeling that Iberflus is going to have guys out there a little bit in the preseason too. He's an old-school guy, and I have a feeling he's going to be playing his starters a little bit more than most teams do in the preseason nowadays. So I think we're going to see some early returns. Um, <laughs> there's one other storyline that I wanted to get to at the end of this, and it has nothing to do with camp, but... It, it just made me laugh this week. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just, how much money do you think Lori Lightfoot is paying people to draw pictures of Soldier Field with a dome on it <laughs> to try to convince the Bears not to go to Arlington Heights? <laughs> I would say 100000 Probably. More. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, it's a lot. Like, you don't just go to like architects or us to get that done. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I bet. I bet it's. I bet it's a couple hundred thousand. Just yes. Having worked in consulting in my life, it's I mean, a big deal. Like, yeah. It, but man, I saw that headline. It's like Lori Lightfoot pitching the idea of putting a dome on Soldier Field. <laughs> like, have you at any point ever have you ever heard it insinuated that the Bears want to leave Soldier Field because it doesn't have a dome on it? So, so yeah, exactly. I've never heard that. Um, but uh, I, I do want to shout out to my cousin Neil in Chicago. Um, he uh, actually hit me up about this this week, you know, and he was just like, are you people insane? <laughs> so, you know, he's all about them going out to Arlington, Bears complex, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things I do think that the, bands are, the fans are very deserving of is I've been to the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame that they have at their stadium. It was done very well. Yeah. I, I got to give it to them. I hate the Packers as much as every every other Bears fan, but they they came out with a Hall of Fame for their fans twenty freaking years ago. How is it that the oldest team in the in the entire NFL doesn't have a Hall of Fame that the the fans can go visit? 365 days a year. That makes no sense. Well, and that, that's the thing. And here's the thing, too, with the, the drawing. Like, the drawings looked awesome. Yeah. The pictures of Soldier Field in that renovated state look great, but the Bears aren't looking for anything like that. No. They, they want to own their own stadium, which they don't currently. They want to own a big plot of land so they can build bars and attractions and hotels and casinos. Yeah. They want they that's what they want. They don't want to be playing at They're going to have a huge sports betting facility. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to be playing at a field that's owned by the Chicago Park District that has no parking lots and that's impossible to get to. Yeah. Like they, they're not leaving because it gets cold in the winter. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like I just I just saw that and I was like, "Oh my god, I know it's Chicago." And oh, here's the other great thing. Apparently there's like some city code or something that makes what Lightfoot proposed just, like, completely illegal. And they wouldn't even be allowed to do that. And I I know it's where there's a will, there's a way. And especially in a city like Chicago, if you have enough money, you can get whatever you want done. But it it was just funny to me. I'm like, the Bears don't care about renovating Soldier Field. (laughs) They they want to build one of these football palaces, like the Cowboys or the Rams or the Raiders have. That's that's what they want. Which is exactly what the Minnesota Vikings should have done. They could have taken advantage of Arden Hills, taken over land that was literally not good for anything, and built an entire facility there. But instead, 
they decided to build it downtown in the most valuable property in the entire state of Minnesota. And then and they had to spend three years playing at Minnesota Stadium. Like, that's the thing. Do the Bears want to go back and play at the University of Illinois campus oh. while you renovate Soldier Field? Oh, my God. Not again. So... I mean, and everybody knows this. The only reason that the city and the mayor are doing this is because they know that being the administration that's presiding over the Bears leaving the city is not a good look politically. Yeah. So they're trying to save face. But I was just like, whatever check you cut, whatever architecture design consulting firm you hired to draw this thing like (laughs) (laughs) chicago is no stranger to wasting taxpayer dollars but come on so uh we'll be uh we'll be back next week uh and um we'll uh, obviously have a whole week's worth of training camp to review um i'm pretty excited yeah uh, to see what happens uh and uh you know uh before we go, um, you know, I uh, just want to say, uh, hey, uh, Jerry, um, it's pretty weak that you're not playing in our uh, <laughs> fantasy league. But, uh, you know, uh, I guess we're supposed to uh, feel sorry for you. So, anyway. I don't, I don't feel sorry for you, by the way. <laughs> and, hey, just to bring this full circle, check out Lakeside Laser Engravings. They've got some awesome stuff. We're going to tweet out some pictures of these Bears coasters they gave us. They're, they're pretty badass. And you can have them, too! We're out!